We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Relax at your service on a Monday night, 9.06 in St. Louis, as we go all the way up to 11 o'clock tonight. I'm George Sells with you. You'd normally probably be listening to a little Cardinal baseball around now, but I have an all-star game to be played and an all-star break to be taken, so that's what those boys are doing, and you've got me. And one thing that has been on my mind quite a bit lately, I should tell you, is buying a car. I've got a kid who's about to turn 16 in September, and we're going to have to do a little shifting and wheeling and dealing so we can put him out there on the road. God help us all, but this is what's happening. But if you're looking in the car market, no matter where you're looking in the car market, uh, it's a tough time as a buyer. Reason for that? no shocker, is tied to COVID-19. So we're going to get into the details and get this all figured out. We are joined now by Brad Sowers. Brad is the president of the Jim Butler Automotive Group and also president of the St. Louis Auto Dealers Association. Brad, welcome to KMOX. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Anytime. Glad to have you. Well, just tell me from your standpoint, the the way I have understood the uh, the trickle-down of all this is... COVID hits and a bunch of orders for computer chips get canceled and cars kept selling. People wanted to buy cars during all that. And now we're seeing the result of it because there are no computer chips in lots of cars. Is, is that kind of the run through? That's uh, kind of the start of the picture. It's obviously whiplash effect is what they're calling it. And uh, the demand, Everyone obviously stopped producing vehicles right as COVID hit and shut down America. And as demand continued to be strong because interest rates have been incredibly low, so your payments for your new car or your used car significantly lower. So therefore, a lot more people were investing in new vehicles or used vehicles. So today in America, you know, about uh, an average American vehicle is 13 years old. So with all the new technology, people are interested in the new vehicles that are out there. A couple of other things. Uh, I think they had a fire in a chip plant in uh, Taiwan, if I'm not mistaken. And that also caused uh, quite a bit of delays for the chips to be made. And, of course, technology and the new vehicles we have today require a lot more computer chips than it did four years ago. So add all those together, and uh, we certainly have a supply problem across America. And then you throw in the used car market, and normally you would have had all these rental car companies selling those cars into the used market, and 
the rental cars companies didn't buy any cars, and now they're kind of competing with you for the used cars, aren't they? Absolutely. And, uh, in fact, uh, getting a rental car anywhere in America today is a little tough. And uh, if you've tried it, I'm sure you found that out, or expensive, I would say, as well. So it's just a difficult marketplace from a supply standpoint. Great news is if you have an extra car lying around or a family member doesn't need a car anymore, it's a perfect time to sell your car back to a dealer. And uh, they'll give you not only top money for it, but amazing amount of money for it. The bad news is if you need to replace that vehicle, there are no discounts on new vehicles across the country. And while financing, financing remains very low, the price of the vehicles is probably at the highest level it's been in a long time. That's got to put you in a difficult place uh, as a dealer because you you want to give the customers the best deal you can give them. You want to give them the car that they want, and it sounds like you're put into a position to say no to a lot of things you would normally jump at the chance to say yes to. Absolutely. Uh, it hurts in a couple of different areas. One, 50% of the vehicles that are on order from the factory from us are already sold. So we're selling into the pipeline almost by two months right now. And then, of course, when you talk about, we have a, one of the largest service departments in, throughout Missouri with no rental cars available, it's tough to tell a customer, hey, I, I wanna fix your car for you, but I don't have another vehicle for you to drive. So it puts us into a very tough situation, uh, especially if someone comes in, they've had an accident, they've told the vehicle they need a new vehicle, getting a rental car for them in short term uh, is very difficult. And then two, finding exactly what they want is very difficult. So it makes it a tough, but the team uh, that we have has done a great job filling these gaps. And uh, so far, uh, we have a lot of ha happy customers right now. And it seems like the worst of this may be over at the end of July. And we'll see a little more volume from every manufacturer come and through this manufacturer through August. And I think once that picks back up, even though the demand is going to be incredibly high, it'll get better towards the end of the year. Yeah, so tell me about that light at the end of the tunnel, because uh, for this to shake out, that that's the new car market that they're going to start to pick up. How long does it take the used car market to kind of whip its tail around and, and also catch up with things? Well, I think there, there's two folds working for us here. I, I mentioned the average vehicle is 13 years old. So you're going to see as soon as the uh, volume or the supply breaks a little bit looser, you're going to see a lot more people in the marketplace because we're estimating that the uh, rates for loans will remain low up until almost six months from now. So I don't think you start to see the spin on the used cars really into Q1 or Q2. And that's when I think you'll see a decline in value of used cars out there. Brad, I got to tell you, this is a lousy year to have a kid turning 16. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great. Technology is so much better. If you look at what we drove when we were 16 and what cars are available today, technology and safety is a lot better. So I'm sure I'm sure your son will do quite well. Okay, I want to hear, what did, you, what did you have when you were 16? I had a 77 Volkswagen Rabbit with no air conditioning. Uh, I had a 67 Volkswagen. So, bug. Okay. So, that if if I went over 35 miles an hour, it vibrated so hard I couldn't drive. <laughs> well, that's 
what the kids have to get used to. He'll, I think my kid will do better than I did, but maybe not by as Absolutely. much as I hoped. Brad Sowers, <laughs> Brad Sowers, thank you again for joining us, president of the Missouri, or excuse me, of the St. Louis Auto Dealers Association and president of the Jim Butler Auto Group. We appreciate you joining us here on KMOX. Great to talk to you. Thank you. KMOX News Time, 913. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. KMOX at your service, 918. We're with you all the way till 11 o'clock tonight. I'm George Sells, sitting in for the St. Louis Cardinals. They would normally be here. They're not here tonight. Taking a break, hopefully getting it together for the second half of the season. But we're not going to go there. We're, we're not going to. We're not going to dwell on that. We were just talking the last segment, as you may have heard, about uh, shortages in the automobile industry. And I want to talk to you now about shortages. It seems like everywhere else. And I want to hear from you. Our number is three one four four three six seventy nine hundred. Again, three one four four three six. 7900-800-925-1120. You can also hit me up on Twitter if you like, at George Sells on Twitter. And the shortages, I mean, the cars are just the beginning of it. It's really kind of amazing. I mean, we, we can go back if we want to when things first happened. And I still don't understand why the world could not produce enough toilet paper for a pandemic, but for some reason it couldn't. Uh, then, of course... Things that made more sense, the the run on wipes, the run on uh, hand sanitizer, those sorts of things. I get it. Okay, I can, that, that makes sense to me. I was able to wrap my head around all of that with the exception of the toilet paper. I could wrap my head around everything else. Now, however, we are a year and change gone into this pandemic, and... The chip thing, again, you can explain that one with the cars, and boy, does that go a long way. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who works in the scrap metal business, and think about this as far as how the supply chain goes and the circle that the supply chain goes in. So this guy runs a scrap metal business. He is making about half the money he would normally be making. The reason is this. A lot of his money comes from selling recycled aluminum to factories that produce engine blocks to build cars. So we've already talked about there aren't enough computer chips. Therefore, a bunch of cars are sitting idle waiting to get their computer chips so they can be sold. Well, if they've got all these cars sitting idle, they're certainly not building any more cars. And with that, they're basically stuck with shutting down production. 
They've slowed things down out at the Wentzville plant, uh, the GM Wentzville plant. That's been in the news for a while. And so that's trickling all the way down to a guy running a scrap business in Texas. And that's not all. Who likes coffee? Show of hands. Anybody? Coffee drinkers around here? If you open up your Starbucks app, Starbucks app, the first thing you see is not the advertisement for the latest and greatest thing that will keep you awake until 3 in the morning. It says, we're sorry for the inconvenience. Due to supply shortages, some items are temporarily unavailable. Check out the menu for new options or ask your barista for a recommendation. We appreciate your patience. And then you proceed to go through, and uh, I believe it was the skinny vanilla latte my wife sent me to pick up the other day, and they didn't have it because they don't have the syrup or something like that for the latte, whatever. So there's another one. And then you just, you can keep going here. Again, we're talking about now, you know, a year and change into this. We're getting close. God willing, we're closer to the end than the beginning, but there's more stuff. Let me tell you another story. My son is currently in Colorado. He's on a, on a trip with a church group, and we were trying to get him all set up to go. And to do this, he needed a new duffel bag. So one would think it is not ter- terribly difficult to buy a duffel bag. And I did what many people would do, and I ventured out to Target to buy a duffel bag. And I got back to the duffel bag area, and there was nothing there. They told me an aisle, and... There was nothing. Okay, this is weird. They're sold out of duffel bags. So then, fine, go down the street. There's a Walmart a little ways down. Let's go check that out. Go in there. I go over to Sporting Goods where I find the duffel bag section empty. And my son goes over to the luggage area, thinking maybe he'll find something there. And literally every shelf in the luggage aisle was empty. I guess because everybody's been so freaked out by all this and haven't gotten to do anything for the last year. Everybody went out and bought a duffel bag and a suitcase and went on vacation this summer because you can't get them right now. They're just, they're, they're out of the stuff. Uh, Then we can go on to staffing. I had this conversation uh, when I was here last uh, with our friends over at uh, Billy G's restaurant. They have a sign up in their lobby, basically telling folks, if you're waiting for a table right now and you see an empty one and we're not seating you at said empty one, please don't get mad at us. The reason we have a shortage of labor. Can't find anybody to hire to fill that, to take care of those tables. And it's going on and on and on. I mean, you've heard the stories I'm sure about all the different places that are having trouble keeping workers on, uh, Another restaurateur I know was telling me the other day, uh, yeah, they're normally closed. Restaurants, especially the more established ones, they're closed from Sunday to Sunday and Monday for their workers to be off. This particular restaurateur told me he is now closed on Tuesdays as well, once again, uh, because of the labor shortage. And then you get into supplies for the uh, <laughs> for the restaurants and for all these other places. Uh I put a question out on Twitter earlier just asking folks, hey, have you heard of anything? What, you know, what shortages are you experiencing? And I heard from Andy Candy over at uh, Crown Candy up in, on the north side. And everybody knows Crown Candy. It's a great place to go. Everybody wants to be there. A lot, people love to sit down and eat. But a lot of people will also 
grab something to go when they've got the opportunity. And Andy told me that he's having an issue with the to-go orders because he can't get those paper bags with the handles on them. There's a shortage of paper bags with the handles on them. And I'll tell you what, it's that is the craziest thing I have ever heard. And I, I just heard that from another person. You can't get a handle, can't get handled bags for the restaurants. I mean, this is the most amazing thing. And it's something that I look at and I immediately think to myself, we in this country right now, as we go through all this, we are learning a lot about what we can handle. What can we deal with? How much can we take? I told my kids about this. How much can you handle? Most people don't find out, at least in my experience, yeah, they don't they don't face a real challenge, a real how much can you take kind of challenge until they're somewhere into their adult years. Maybe their 20s, maybe it's their 30s, a little bit later if they're lucky. Uh, that hasn't been the case this year because our kids with school, friendships, just the things that kids normally do that they've not been able to do, our kids have found out a lot about what they can handle. Business owners are finding out maybe a lot more than they want to know about what they can handle. Uh, you know, I was told uh, another luggage story. I was told by somebody else today that Macy's had a line of people gathered around four suitcases. Oh, it was Carol Daniel telling me about this. My friend Carol Daniel handling the middays here on KMOX with St. Louis Talks. She said she saw people like gathered and lined up around four suitcases in the Macy's. That was all they had. So it's more of what you can handle. It's more of what you can take, both as a business person and as just somebody going day-to-day through life here. And another thing about handling, this is a bad way to handle things, but the last uh, shortage I saw when I was kind of looking around online, they have a shortage of alcohol in Vermont, maybe from people trying to handle it. KMOX News Time is 927. 9.37 9.33 in the evening here on KMOX at your service. I'm George Sells. I'll be here with you for another hour and a half or so up until 11 o'clock. Now, my music fans out there, go ahead and get on the horn now. Give us a call. 314-436-7900. That's 314-436-7900. I want you to be thinking about the best concert you ever saw. Best band you ever saw play. Best show you ever saw. And I bring this up because of an anniversary of sorts. Uh, if you ask people, and this comes courtesy of, our, courtesy of our friends over at the Post-Dispatch, if you ask people what was the big historic thing that happened on this day in 1966 in St. Louis, they would quickly answer the All-Star Game. Kind of a legendary All-Star Game. They played it at... Uh, Bush Stadium number two, and it was like 103 degrees and miserable. But that was not the only thing going on in town that night. Just up Market Street at the old Keel Auditorium, that which seated about 10,000 at the time, uh, there was a concert being played in front of about 5,000 people. The place was half full. It was this little band called the Rolling Stones. 
they received a, uh, a write-up in the post-dispatch that was kind of meh, really, except for Mick Jagger. The guy was blown away with Mick Jagger running around like a crazy person, and I mean, that's what Mick Jagger does, right? Great concert, absolutely. Uh, I, I saw the Stones in 1992 in Foxborough, Massachusetts, and they were old then. It was kind of funny. It was the Steel Wheels album was the album, and there was a guy selling uh, homemade T-shirts outside that said the Steel Wheelchairs Tour, and people were making fun of them. And this is 1992. That people are making fun of their age. Here we are. What is it? Thirty years later, they're still going, still, still playing, still looking good. And but but think about getting to have seen the Stones. In front of 5,000 people in 1966. How amazing would that have been? Okay, we got Dave from Florissant on the line. Dave, what's your best concert? Well, I actually have two. Um, okay. Tied. I've been going to concerts for a while. First one was the Rolling Stones at the Keel Opera House, summer of 1978, right after the Some Girls um, album came out. Wow. And, and uh, the opening act for them was Peter Tosh. Oh, the yes, the guy. reggae legend. Yeah. And tied with that was um, ACDC at the Keel Opera House right after Back in Black came out. That must have been something. Cause, uh, now, were and you an ACDC fan already? Because I know that when, when that album was coming out, of course, now it's like the legendary yeah, ACDC I album. A fan. I mean, I had Highway to Hell and High Voltage and... Um, Power Age and all those. Were you, were you a little skeptical because, uh, before the album came out, you know, trying to replace Bon Scott? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't play any Bon Scott songs. Okay. Well, I'll tell you Hardly what, the, those shows at the Opera House, I think that speaks to getting to see shows in those smaller venues. Uh, one of the best concerts I ever saw was one of the first ones I ever got to go to. Uh, it was in 1984 at the old Fox Theater in Detroit. Uh, got to see U2 play there. And yeah. that, I'm a big U2 fan. That that just kind of generally ranks, <laughs> I've, I've seen them somewhere between 10 and 15 times, and I would take any yeah. of those shows over most any others I've seen. But there are some other special ones. Uh, and again, going with the small venue vein, uh, vein uh, we were in Louisville, Kentucky. My wife and I were living there at the time, and Prince did this mini tour where he was trying to get, he was trying to basically get a, get around the people that were scalping tickets, and so he was looking mm-hmm. for a new system, and so he did this little tour where they announced a show on a Friday, they sold the tickets Saturday morning, and they played it on Sunday. Boom, boom, oh, boom, wow. and. It didn't work. They played at a 3,000-seat venue called the Louisville Gardens in Louisville, Kentucky. And the system didn't work worth a darn because there were, they were still checking IDs with tickets at midnight. And the show had been scheduled to start like at 9, and it didn't start until I think they finally started at 12.30. But I got to see Prince play in front of 3,000 people. He played until almost 3 in the morning, and it was amazing. Yeah, my first concert was Super Jam. I was uh, 17 years old. Super, Super Jam. Jam at Bush Stadium, 1976. It was Ted Nugent, Fleetwood Mac, Jefferson Starship, and Jeff Beck. Those were some General good ones. Admission. Oh, my God. And Super Jam was one that was a favorite amongst everybody. Dave, thank you for calling. Thanks for joining us. We've got Mark from St. Louis on the line. What's, tell me, what was your best one? What was your first one? 
My first one was the Beatles in 1966. Wow. Now that's, you see, that to the me original is just... Bush, uh, I, not Sportsman's Park, but the first Bush Stadium. No kidding. What do you remember about that? I mean, I think most people who didn't weren't lucky enough to attend something like that, we just remember... You know, you see the, the the old film of the Shea Stadium show and the and the girls screaming and all that. What do you remember about that concert? It was raining oh. and the girls were screaming so loud I couldn't hear the music. Um, my dad took my two younger sisters and I, and he worked for uh, an ad agency that uh, sponsored Anheuser Busch, so we got some very good seats. But I did get uh, an up close view of. All uh, the Fab Four um, doing their doing their music. It was pretty good. Get any pictures or anything you were able to t- to take home with you? I was too young then. Uh. I no, I didn't drag this stuff along. The next concert I after that was Cream at uh, Keel Opera House. Uh, gosh, I guess that was sixty nine, maybe sixty eight. So, Eric the- Clapton, Jack Bruce, and Ginger Baker. So what was uh, the, what was the best? What would you say was the yeah, best best show you ever saw, and and you've got two really good ones right there. I would think are in the running. Uh, now, are you asking me out of all the concerts I saw, or just out of those two? Uh, everything you ever saw. Oh, could have uh, been that last would week. Be Eric, that's Eric Clapton at the Savage Center. Eric Clapton and Robert Cray played together. Um, okay, that's they a, yeah, share the show. That's another yeah. amazing one. I was I was lucky. My first one, like my very first one was uh, The Police at uh, Joe Louis Arena in Detroit. It was on the Synchronicity Tour, so it was the last tour they played until they got back together years later and finally did the reunion tour. And I'll say this about their reunion tour. I saw that, too. My wife and I saw them uh, at Madison Square Garden in New York. And you're talking it was 2006, I want to say, or 2007. And Sting could still hit Every note in every song, just the way it sounded playing off the vinyl years earlier. And I was always amazed by that because there aren't too many who could do that. And then there's some like, you know, my my son was asking me about Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin. And he, my son my son sings, and so does my daughter. And they were both like, how did he sing like that? And I said, he didn't sing like that very long because he hasn't, he hasn't hit all the notes to most of Led Zeppelin 4 since about 1978. No, he, he he hadn't done that for a while. He, uh, I I met Robert Plant one time up in Chicago. He's a he's a really nice guy. I got uh, stuck in an elevator with him. He was looking for a cord that went from a Walkman to a Discman, and I just <laughs> happened to have one in my bag, and none of his roadies did. That's I, good timing. I oh, I think we lost you. Oh. So sorry about that. We were about to hear about the Walkman going to the Discman. I hate it when that happens. Forgive us the technology. Give us a buzz back if you've got if you got a second there. Um, yeah, that's how about that? Getting just getting the chance to meet Robert Plant. That would be a, a pretty cool one too. You know, t- I've been doing the the request for first and best. I will. I you already heard me talking about you too. And we'll we'll have another guest. We may have to delve off of the the subject matter, but uh, Michael Kelly is going to be calling us later on from Hancock and Kelly. And Michael is as big a U two nut as I am. And I will tell you, if I have to pick one U two show, for me, it's going to probably be them playing at the Boston Garden on St. Patrick's Day. 
And in the middle of the concert, they started playing a little, they, they just took acoustic instruments out into the middle of the crowd and they played Irish folk songs for about 15 minutes. And it was crazy good. The place went absolutely nuts. And let's see, we're told we got Phil and say, oh, wait, is we got Phil back. Phil, <laughs> or, excuse me, Mark, I'm sorry, looking at the wrong names. Mark, you're back with us. Tell us real quick about meeting Robert Plant. Phil, you're next. Oh, I was just, I, I got stuck in an elevator with him, and he needed a cord to go from a disc man to a walk man, and I gave it to him, and I just happened to have it in my bag. I don't know why. I was with a film crew up there. We were shooting a, a series of videos, and I... Uh, we met in the bar later on. He's a real a solid man, a real nice nice person. Awesome. Uh, another concert story I had, I went to see The Doors at Keel Opera House. Um, Morrison came out, and the rest of The Doors came out. They got about, I don't know, 30 to 50 seconds into their song, and the aisles filled up with police, like St. Louis Police Department, and dogs. And about a minute later, the concert was shut down. Oh, no. Jim Morrison they had that effect Mr. on Morrison. They <laughs> said Mr. Morrison had made an obscene gesture, and that was the end of the concert. Oh, that's not a, that's not a happy feeling. Phil, thanks so much for calling us. They will run up against a break, everyone, but I'm having fun with this. So, uh, Kim, Chris, Phil, hold on. And we're going to come back with you to do a little bit more of this after the break. It's 944. You're listening to KMOX. Okay, you've already heard my answer to my best concert. You can't go wrong with you two. My all-time favorite. But lots of good, lots of good uh, ideas here coming through. Lots of good stories. A guy who saw the Beatles, a guy who got stuck in the elevator with Robert Plant. This is a great music town, always has been. Hey, Phil in St. Charles, you're on the air. Welcome to KMOX. Hi. Uh, my first concert was a band called Pure Prairie League in a barn with no seats down in the Ozarks <laughs> back in the mid-'70s. What was uh, your best? Was, best ever was uh, Springsteen, 1984. Probably... Often considered one of the best concerts ever given anywhere. He played for full, more than four hours. He did every hit, every he sang songs that he hadn't even finished yet. Um, it was just a great party the whole whole evening. That's always the um, question people ask about a Springsteen show: is how long did he play? And it's usually four hours plus, which is pretty amazing. We were talking about theater earlier. It's very cool that Springsteen reopened Broadway from, from COVID, doing his one-man show there in New York. So uh, he's yeah, still was... at it after all those years. Phil, thanks for calling. Kim, um, you're on KMOX. Um, actually, my, my favorite artist is Billy Joel, uh, and that was my favorite concert when my son and I went two years ago to see him at Bush Stadium. Um, and I really don't have any uh, uh, bands or musicians that, that I dislike, but uh, another group that I really like is The Temptations when I seen them at, at Fair St. Louis. That, that, that was another great concert of mine. Um, the Temptations are legendary. My, yes. my mom 
was in love with David Ruffin, like literally in love with the man. And if it had the opportunity presented itself, she would have kicked my dad to the curb in two seconds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, you know, um, I'm visually impaired, and, and uh, Fair St. Louis always had uh, disabled seating, so we got to you know, get in uh, to see up close the temptations. And there was me and my husband. He was also visually impaired, and we had two-sided guests with us. So when they came out, I'll never forget this. We all started yelling from the back, my girl, my girl. And they acknowledged that they heard us, and they eventually played it for us. And the the husband of the couple got up and was, was dancing by himself to that song, and I will never forget that. Isn't that one of those things? You, To me, the sign of a, a really great performer, uh, whether it's an individual, a band, whatever, they have that rare ability to somehow make you feel like you're the person that they're addressing. You're the person they're singing to, singing with. And you can see it with all sorts of, of, of types of, of acts. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll throw away my cool factor for a second. I remember when I was a kid, I went with my mom to see Barry Manilow because my mom wanted to see Barry Manilow and my dad was working and she didn't want to go by herself. Oh, come on with me. And I'm like, I'm in high school. And I'm like that Barry Manilow. How lame is that? And I'll tell you what I went and even my 15 or 16 year old self at that point, uh, you know, I believed it, it was great. It was really good. It was well, a you know, when, when I seen Billy Joel, uh, my son went with me. And at that time he was about 28 I didn't even realize he or even know that he liked Billy Joel. And, and, I mean, he didn't tell me that until the night that we went to the concert. And, I mean, it's like, uh-uh. He says, yeah. He says, I, I do. And then um, when we were going back to his car, uh, he, he parked way far away from Bush Stadium. And, and I had my guide dog with me at, at the time to go to the concert. So this rent-a-cop dude... We got halfway out in the, the middle of the road, and he tried to make us go back. And I, I told my son, I said, Ryan, you're going to get us put in jail. I said, how would that look, a blind lady and her son going to jail, especially with a blind lady that has a guide dog? And he <laughs> said, oh, shut up, Mom. He was just a rent-a-cop. Uh, going to jail from the Billy Joel concert. And producer Cole Ducker told me to tell you that he, did, he also saw Billy Joel at Bush and says it was awesome. So you've got, you've got company there, Kim. Thanks for calling. No problem. Chris and O'Fallon, you're on KMOX. What's going on, George? Not much. What's your favorite? I'd say what stands out to this day, uh, let's see, Van Halen opened up for Black Sabbath. Wow, that and, had to have been uh, a I, show. I, you couple that with my love for drag racing. I, st- I have tonight, I still have ringing in my ears, but uh, it, uh, it was Van Halen's first year, and I, I God, God rest your soul, Eddie Van Halen. But uh, Tony, I, Eddie Van Halen and Tony Iommi. Well, my my top two guitars are Tony Iommi and Richie Blackmore. So yeah, I've seen I've seen Sabbath twice and I've seen Rainbow twice. But I I wish I had to, uh, it had the opportunity to see the late Ronnie James Dio. He's a great singer. But I I just I only catch them on my uh, just YouTube videos on my phone. But yeah. uh, he he was a he was only about 
five, 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 six, but he, he was, he had a voice. Little man so, with a big uh, voice. There's no doubt about that. Canyon. I remember some of those yeah. albums. I, I got to see Van Halen one time and it was, uh, it was at, it was the first tour with Sammy Hagar, and I know we're St. Louis and we're a big Sammy Hagar town, but Van Halen wasn't Van Halen without David Lee Roth, and that kind of bummed me out that I didn't get to see him with them. But that was that was good stuff. Any Van Halen show was a good show, uh, and yeah, if you want to really rock and roll, you also can't beat the Foo Fighters, who are coming back, and we'll be back in a moment. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.